Hey, this is Caleb Clay, Associate Pastor of Anchor Faith Church here in Valdosta, Georgia. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We believe that it will minister to you and be a blessing to your life. Now get ready to receive a word from God. So today, I want to talk about um, one of the things I didn't share when I share my testimony was I can't share this in the schools, obviously, but in 1991, we had gotten an opportunity to go into um, to, to go into a public school. Now, the only reason I did, Steve McCark, who's the SCA director at Madison County, he's actually over about four or five counties. I didn't know Steve McCark, and this big guy comes walking into my office like, who is this guy? That must be the NFL. He, he looks like an NFL football player. He's just Y'all know Steve McCark, big guy. So he walks in my office. He goes, hey, my name's Steve McCarg. I'm Chris Musgrove. He goes, listen, I need your help. And I, I knew a little bit about FCA. I was never involved in SCA, but when I moved back, they had started doing FCA. So we were doing, we were doing FCA meetings. Probably wasn't official because I wasn't really plugged in, but I was doing a, a huddles at the middle school and the high school. I I just go back and forth one week at the high school one week. And he came to see me. He says, "We want to do a outreach in the schools, and would you help facilitate the outreach? We're go- we want to go into Swanee County, Madison County, Hamilton County." Lafayette County and Branford High School, five high schools in five days. And I said, are you kidding me? Sign me up. What do I need to do? He said, we need you to just help go to the schools and line up the days and do all this. I'll help you if you'll help me with, I think I helped him with Branford and, and Hamilton County and, um, and Swanee County. And we went to all the middle schools and the high schools. And he says, and by the way, I had a speaker lined up, but I need a speaker. Now, it wasn't me. But I knew a guy that I went to Bible school with, and he, my wife, had, we'd been, we'd come friends. In fact, my wife had, had him come do some birthday parties for us and come speak. And this guy was, like, she did a surprise birthday party, and this guy came. His name was Ferris Till. He was with a group called the Followers of Christ. And he had a friend that was doing these public school assemblies, and his name was Joseph Jennings. Now, he looked like Mr. T. He was big. And he had stab wounds and bullet holes. I mean, he, this, see this bullet hole? I was like, I just didn't have friends with bullet holes. You know what I mean? And in fact, I'll be honest with you, you know, when you hear somebody like that, he was big, bad, and mean. He like he, he was like Steve McCarr. Steve McCarr went and picked him up at the airport and uh and he came over and it was funny, he gave Steve McCarg a black baby doll to give to his kid. Every white kid needs a black baby doll. You know what I mean? I just thought, that's awesome. I want a black baby doll. I think we went and bought our daughter a black baby doll, you know. And, and Steve said, this guy's off the chain. We were in the store blind, the baby doll, and he says, and, and he's holding the baby doll, and he, and he was like Mr. T. He talked like, hey, hey, fool. He'd say, he'd say uh, hey, you see that baby doll? He's talking to the manager of the store, one of the clerks. He said, you see that baby doll? He said, yes, sir. He said, that baby doll loves Jesus. Do you love Jesus? And he said, so Steve, you know Steve McCarr. He goes over the other aisle, and he's on his knees praying. I like praying for the guy to get saved. I, I just would love to see a video of this. Maybe that's what we'll do in heaven, get to see video replays of things, you know. So um, he said, we're going to go into the schools, and, uh, and, this, is, and this is a guy. And I, I didn't know this guy. I was trusting my friend. And I was like, this guy's scary. And, he, man, he had some horrible, crazy stories. I, I, one principal says, he heard what one guy, he said, and it was just real-life stuff. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I like some of the stuff, just horrible stuff that he grew up in. And um, I think he grew up in uh, South Bend, Indiana is where he grew up. So he said that um, after the end of that week, they invited the students to come back on a Friday night to this event where they were gonna where, where he's gonna share the gospel, and he talked about making right choices and things. 
And then this other guy would do rapping and singing, and this guy would speak. So I watched this model for a whole week. On Friday night, we were in the Coliseum, an old Coliseum there in Live Oak. It looks like one of those old post-World World II barracks. There was no heating and air in this thing. It was in the spring of the year, fortunately. It was still cool enough. That night, 2,200 people showed up on a Friday night. For 2,200 people, the population of the city of Live Oak is only like 9,000. That's over a fourth of the whole population. That'd be like getting 25,000 people in, a, in somewhere here in town. You know, you understand, I was a young youth pastor from a small church that was saw these people. And I, it was like, wow, this is crazy. Well, we did the invitation. We had about 20 altar workers. 400 people responded to the invitation. Folks, we didn't have 400 people in our, in our church if you just count the pregnant women twice. I, I'm, I, just, I can't describe to you what happened to me that night. It was in the spring of 1981. I, if I could describe to you, I, I don't think I could. I, I, I'd describe it like this. This sounds crazy. I, I got pregnant that night with a vision. Something went on the inside of me, and I didn't, I mean, that's the only way I can describe it because that thing grew in my stomach, in the inside. That vision grew in me. The Bible says in Habakkuk 2, I think we got a scripture. It says that uh, Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just here to tell you that every man, woman, boy, or girl in this room today, there's something on the inside of you that you're either supposed to do or help somebody else do. And if you don't do it, I don't know if it'll get done. I always hear people say, oh, God will raise up somebody else. I'm not real sure he will. Because why is he going to raise up somebody to do what you were supposed to do? Because then they're not going to get done what they were supposed to do. Oh, but if God's in it, it'll happen. No, God, you're the body of Christ. That means you're his arms and legs, hands and feet. He's the head. You better stay attached to the head. I've got detached from the head a few times. That ain't good. You need to be listening to the head. Audrey preached a message the other day. There's just a great message on just trust, trust. Just are you, are you staying connected with the head? That's trusting him. It ain't my plan, it's his plan. He knows the plans, but he expects us to carry it out. He expects us to walk. Faith without works is dead. Faith without appropriate activity or, or what's the word? Uh, what's the amplified say? Without uh, corresponding actions. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. So, what am I going to do with this vision? I shared it everywhere. I share it with my friends, family, uh, missionary friends, pastors. And they said, what are you going to do, Chris? You're going to be like the power team? I said, man, I couldn't broke a rotten hoe handle. I, I can't juggle fire. I don't have no, I said, Maybe I'll get somebody to shoot me and I'll go and have a bullet hole, you know. But, you know, the crazy thing is when I got involved in the local church, I remember, you know, this lady saw a gift in me. That was in 19... Probably 76, 77, somewhere in there. In 1981, I got born again. I started going to a church in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. Steve Hill from Brownsville Revival was my youth pastor, a great youth pastor. He's kind of nerdy, but he was a great youth pastor. But, but he was passionate. If you ever saw Steve Hill preach, he, just, he would cry. And uh, 
uh, I was so I learned a lot there. But I, I was just I didn't couldn't see myself getting up in front. I remember the first time they got me to give up and just give my testimony. I'm like, she saw a gift in me. I don't have the gift. I'm thinking I'm fixing to, uh, what do you call it? Hyperventilate. You know, better get me a nurse. I, but I've seen people get up the first time they got up. I'm like my God, they're anointed. They're and I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I was not that way. People said you're just good. If you'd have seen me the first time. But the more I did it, I had a youth pastor. We're going to do some drama. You're going to get up. Hey, I'm going to, and then finally somebody asked me to speak. But, you know, you, you, you learn by doing. If you want to be a great swimmer, you need to swim a lot. Amen. If you want to be a great preacher, you need to preach a lot. Amen. Preach to the baby dolls or preach to somebody. Amen. So when um, we, we saw this event, I began to share it. In, in 1998, in 1998, we got invited to go to... Um, Scotland and England. We had we had just done a little bit of missions, and we'd been to Haiti. And when we started doing missions, man, it just opened up the door. It really changed our youth ministry missions. I remember the first mission trip we went to Haiti. My wife said, I, "I'm done. I'm done with missions." Now. But uh, but she went to the. I'll do. I'll go to Scotland. I'll go to England. You know. Those third world countries. I don't. I don't do real well in. But we took about. Uh, I would say eleven or ten or eleven uh, teenagers. We got stranded in New York City. It was my first experience there. But we got there. And we we landed in Manchester, England, and uh, and I'm driving. I'm, I drive pretty crazy anyway, Matt. But I'm on the, the 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 steering wheel's on the other side of the van, and it's a standard transmission. I mean, this is like whacked up. I got I got to drive left-handed, and uh, and I got pulled because I took a right-hand turn on a. I did a right on a red. Think about that. They're driving on the other side of the street. <laughs> if you think about that for a few minutes, you said that boy needs to get put under the jail. Those, those police officers weren't very nice either. They have no mercy. You stupid American, you know. <clears throat> the pastor was even giving me a hard time. But anyway, we got, got straight. But anyway, while we were in Liverpool, England, we, we drove from Manchester to Liverpool. The pastor of the church, and you got to understand, it's just dead. Spiritually dead. Uh, the, the churches are closing down. The grandparents go to church. Their children, which would probably be, uh, I would say, 60 and under, don't go to church. And the children... Just it's non-existent. I had a room, a group of 120 teenagers, and only one knew John 3:16. Folks, you can go to New York City and talk to a prostitute, and she can quote John 3:16. America is gospel laden. So um, we got in. Uh, we we just we, it was just. I said, man, we're we, we're wasting our time. There just ain't nothing going on here. And she said, well, how about if you go into this school? I said, we can't go into school. We do music, drama. We talk about Jesus, sing about Jesus. And she goes, well, the, the headmaster said y'all can do whatever you want. I said, man, I, I haven't had enough trouble with the police over here. We ain't getting any more. He, she said, no, I assure you it'll be fine. So we got up and we, we did our program. It was an all-boys school. And uh, they wore the blue coats. I, this is all different. This is all weird. I mean, the school was, gee, the school was three, 400 years old. And they said John Lennon had gone to this school, you know, the Beatles. <clears throat> so, uh, thank you. I was just checking. I don't know, man. Well, the, the crazy thing is, th- this is a crazy story. It, it's just crazy. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we're sitting in this school. We do the, the guy says we can make a plea or a bid. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you can make an invitation. I said, oh, wow, okay. We, we did the invitation. A young man got out of his seat, came down to the front. He's moved. Tears streaming down his face. And about two-thirds of the students, I would say, my wife was there, started laughing. 
I've seen crazy things in church, but I ain't never seen people laugh at people receiving Jesus. And the, the, the wrath of God was coming on me. So whatever we had spiritually was fixing to go down to two because I'm thinking, if I can get my shoe off, I hope I hit one of them guys right between the eyes. I, I, was, I was, Tommy, I was ticked off. I want to hurt somebody. I'm going to help God out. <clears throat> and I don't know how God got in the middle of this, but I, I, we could worship God for 30 minutes over what he did after that because it's a miracle. God can use a donkey. He was, he was fixing to use me, I'm telling you. And, uh, and I just stopped. And I had to stop him. And I, I realized I can't throw my shoe, but I can yell, Stop! Hey! They got just as quiet as you just did. I don't have a clue what I'm going to do next. I'm, I'm going to minister to this young man. And I just started yelling out. Hey, tell me John Lennon went to this school. I don't know where I'm going with this story. And my guys are looking at me, what in the heck is he doing? And I said, John Lennon said the Beatles would be more popular than Jesus Christ. You can Google that. You'll see he did say that. But John Lennon is dead and in his grave. But Jesus Christ rose from his grave. And that's what this young man came to receive. <laughs> Folks, you can't make this stuff up. Hallelujah. And about this, I promise you, I, I can go find you 14 other people, but she was there. Uh, probably about two-thirds of those students got down and came down and joined that young man at the altar. Folks, I couldn't have made that happen in a million years. I, 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 if I could, I'd do it every time, but I couldn't. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. Even in the midst of, see, sometimes you think I'm not worthy. Folks, if anybody wasn't worthy, I wasn't worthy. I promise you. God is good. Amen. God's just looking for an, anybody. He can use a little bit of a dirty vessel if it has to. Amen. And uh, after we got done with that event, one of the young ladies, she, she grew up down here in Hamilton County. Her name was April Sanchez. She came up to me and she, Pastor Chris, when we get back to Florida, we got to do this. And I said, honey, what we just did is against the law in the state of Florida. Here's what she said. Here's, here, she, she's still talking. She said, isn't there something we can do? And my mind flashed back seven years. Write the vision down. Though it tarry, wait for it. I'm going to tell you something. The baby jumped in my womb. The baby's kicking. The baby, the vision's kicking. In three years, 2001, we got invited to do a pre-prom rally at, at Swanee High School. And once again, the teachers that went to high school with me, were, they were teaching. Some of the teachers, they said, you lost your mind letting that guy come in and speak? And they said it was, and we, t we brought some of the youth in it. We did some music and drum. And, and uh, we had to pull Jesus out of everything. We had to go in there. And, and that was tough. They opened up the curtains. I go, hallelujah, how you doing? Ha. Ah. They go, you can't do this. I said, well, but you know what? I don't think I've ever crossed that line one time in, in 18 years. It's been, uh, this year will be 18 years. And, uh, and folks, I'm telling you, God's good. The vision is for an appointed time. Though it tarry, wait for it, for it will surely come. Somebody say amen. And the gifting. And, and I wanted to say this earlier, and I didn't want to get ahead of myself, but that, that gifting that I didn't even know I had was developed in a local church. It was developed in a local church. She's she, shaking her head. She saw it being developed. This, this couple right here was there. They saw it being developed. Uh, I was just doing an anniversary service at the church in Live Oak. It was, they were celebrating... 30, 35, 36, I think it was 37 years. No, 38 years. Started in 1991. 
1981. It's 38 years. And I was just thanking these people. I've gone back and done some funerals for some of the older people in the church. And, and, and I said, y'all, y'all developed me. This church developed me and my wife. I'm telling you, my wife, I was thinking about Matt and Jerry. And he, he said, he's the, she's the visionary. He's the thinker. I said, we switch roles. I'm the visionary. She's the thinker. I just did this thing, and it said, you, it says, who do I need to collaborate with? It was thinkers in bold letters. Because I just want to run and go. But my wife thought through things. No, we don't can't do that. And we surrounded ourselves with people. I got a thinker. This is Cornell. Stand up. This is Cornell Jones. He's been working with us for, for a, I don't know. He's been working with me a long time, helping. But now he's officially working for us. And he's a thinker. It, uh, I, every day I'm thinking, man, thank God for Cornell. And my wife thanks God for him too. Amen. Now they got two thinkers helping me out. So, um. I just, and I'm going to just real quickly share this message. That, and uh, we talked about uh, Proverbs 29, 18. It says, without a vision, the people perish. But happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision, no, the Amplified said that where there is no vision, no revelation of God in his word, the people are unrestrained. Now, this is for you today. This is for you. You need to listen. This is for you. If you don't know where you're going, you'll take every road. I, I say that at every school assembly. That's my paraphrase of Proverbs 29, 18. If you don't know where you're going, you'll take every road. You know what it is? It's a guidance counselor's message. You know what guidance counselors are, should be saying? Where are you going and how are you going to get there? That's a good question. I mean, if Matt told me he's going to Miami, I said, you going to Miami? Yeah, I'm, we're heading north on I-75. I said, Matt, you ain't going to Miami. Why not? Because Miami ain't on North 75. You got confused with Atlanta. I'd check him out. He says he's going to Miami, but he ain't going there. But, you know, that's no different than aimless living. You know, you, you see these kids in school every day. Where are you going? Oh, no, man, I'm going to get lucky. You ain't going to get lucky. You ain't going to win the lottery. Your brother ain't going to the NFL and going to send you a check every week. I wouldn't send you nothing, you know. You don't go to work every day. I'm going to get lucky and hope to sell three cars. I'm just sitting here. Maybe I'll sell three cars. No, you got to go. You got, there's certain things you do every day. You probably got a checklist. And it may not sell this week, but it may sell next week, you know. So write the vision down. That's what we did. We wrote the vision down. It was funny. We were uh, the night before the event, the first time I ever spoke in a public school. Folks, I spent about 30, three hours in the bathroom. I, don't, I can't tell you how nervous. and It, it didn't got a hold of my stomach. And we were sitting there at a table with a young man that was staying with us at the time. In fact, he married the girl I was talking about, April Sanchez. His name's, his name's Horatio. Nobody can say it, so they just call him Oreo. So Oreo, we're sitting there. He goes, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I started flipping through my notes. And I found written in my journal. It's laying right down there somewhere. I keep a journal. And in my journal, I had written in, in April of 2000, after a time of prayer, one year from today, you're going into the public schools. I just prayed that out. And when I found that written in my journal, whoo, you talk about freedom? Freedom came. What does the Bible say? It says in Timothy, we wage a good warfare by the prophecies that are spoken over us. Boy, I started waging a good warfare when I read that word. So you better keep things. Though the, though the vision tarries, wait for it for, sure, for surely come. Amen? I was talking to Josh here a few weeks ago and he's just telling me he, I, he's, he's spouting a little vision to me and I was like dang I was getting excited 
And I could tell he was excited. And I was excited to hear what he had to say. You're going, he's going somewhere. He's got a plan. He's got a vision. And I, I, can, I, I was seeing what you were saying. So that was, you were drawing a picture for me with your words. Words are powerful. Don't go around, oh, I'll never be able to accomplish that. Oh, my kids will never. They'll go end up in jail. They may wake up one day and say, hey, mama, I made it, just like you said. <laughs> Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You shall eat the fruit thereof. Folks, my wife, she, now she just looks at me. Do you really believe what you just said? No, I don't believe what I just said. Oh. You know, she'll say, if that's your confession, if that's what you want, you can have it. No, I don't have that. I'm, I'm, I said something this morning, I'll probably break my leg. No, I won't break my leg. You know what I mean? <laughs> you better shut it down. I know that sounds funny, but I want her to do that to me. Amen? And vice versa. Restraints. Vision or revelation is something you see. It's revealed. It's revealed knowledge. Vision or revelation is something you see. Now, you don't see with your eyes. Ray Charles had vision. Stevie Wonder had vision. Helen Keller was deaf, dumb, and blind. She had vision. In fact, she said her vision was probably greater than anybody's because she didn't have all the outward senses to mess it up. You know, they say you only use about 10% of your brain. I, I think Helen Keller was clicking about 98. That girl was a genius. And she couldn't see, speak, or hear. Folks, what in the heck is my excuse? We ain't got one. Yeah, but my mama didn't do this for me. She didn't teach me how to make cookies right. Or I was just lame. I, you know, I used to complain. My daddy was a businessman. He was gone all the time. My daddy never played ball with me. He came to one of my games. I struck out. He goes, I ain't going back. You know, my, my dad was real. He was real. You need to be home feeding cows or something, son. Hallelujah. Listen, I want to give you, it says, where there is no vision, my people perish. It says restraints. Check this out. Restraints are parameters and barriers that help control your life. Folks, some of y'all need a restraining order. Amen? We need, we need restraints. They don't bring bondage. They bring life. They bring the blessing of God. The Bible says that without a vision, it's like the kids have no restraints. I've, I know a bunch of teenagers that have no restraints on their life. They don't have parents at home telling them what to do. I remember uh, one time we went on this youth trip. The first time I'd ever, ever went on a youth trip, we went snow skiing. I'm wearing jeans and didn't have gloves. I thought I was going to die because I was falling a lot. I'd never even been on snow, never even seen snow. And one of the girls that was with us, she was telling her friend, she goes, yeah. Um, she, was in, she said, I remember inviting my friend to come over to my house. And she says, yeah, well, I got some guys coming over. They're going to spend the night with us. This was a, girl, a young girl. And she says, are you kidding me? I can't come to your house. My parents will kill me if I come to your house, if they found out. She, and this girl goes, I wish my parents would kill me if I did something wrong. That was a cry of her heart. Her parents were musicians. They were stayed out gone. And she was, this girl was just, she was a mess. And, you know, I remember one time my, my mom found some marijuana I had. And, and, and she didn't really go crazy like I thought she would. And it, it, I was, I was, I, I didn't say this, and I would never have admitted it. I was disappointed that my mom wasn't hurt more. Now, does that sound weird? Now, I'm talking about a teenage boy that was doing something wrong that I wanted, I wanted restraints in my life. I wanted my mom to say, if I ever see that again, I'll kill you. And I probably would have said, I ain't never touching that stuff again, you know. And I wasn't a smart aleck punk kid that said, why are you going through my stuff? 
I would have got the right hand of fellowship. Amen? From my mama and my daddy. Hallelujah. I was at a, I was at a, I was at a middle school on uh, this week, uh, Newburn Middle School. And I was, I was sitting out there talking to one of the, I was trying to meet the principal, and somebody was coming through. And I saw one of the assistant principals, and I waved at him. And I could tell he, he kind of acknowledged me, but I was like, hmm. And he walks out into the foyer, and, and, I, and I'm inside the office, so I walk around the receptionist with the glassed-in area, and I see this woman walk in with a belt in her hand. She commenced a beating, and the, the, the principal's going, and he's watching this woman, bam, bam, and the boys are sitting. She goes, you're a straight-A student, and you're going to act like that? Not in my house, you ain't. Pow, pow. And I looked, and the one of the ladies, she's fixing to call security guard. I said, security? The sister principal's right here. He ain't moving. <laughs> and now, I, I, listen, what she did was wrong. It was embarrassing the kid because there were several people in the other parents, other children. But what she did was right. She just did it. She should have went in the office back somewhere and, but one of the receptions goes, we don't need no security. She got this thing covered, you know. <laughs> she said, I wish we had more mamas like that, you know. And But, you know, the kid was just, I know that hurt. It was hurting me. It's like, dang, ooh, how? And finally she stopped and it was over. Amen. That little boy's got a restraint. I guarantee you, whatever he did, it ain't happening again. I promise you, it will not happen again. It's done. The Bible says that the rod or the belt drives foolishness far from it. There was some foolishness locked up in there somewhere, but it got drove out that day. Amen? (laughs) Revelation doesn't bring condemnation. It brings life. It's not a revelation if you're not doing it. Revelation will move you. Everybody say move. Listen, if it's not moving you, it's just information. It didn't register yet. You didn't let it register. And I'm not so sure. When I first saw what happened in 1991, it took a little while to register. You know, it's kind of like a girl. She don't know she's pregnant until about four or five. Well, some people know. You know, Not everybody. Why are you vomiting? You know, what's going on? I don't know how all that junk works. But all I know is I don't know. You didn't know you were pregnant the day you got pregnant. Now, something's going wrong with your stomach. Why? There's something in there. Now, I knew there was something in there, and I began to start talking about it, and I began to act on it. Information not acted upon is not revelation. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Proverbs 18, 16. Uh, I quote that in the schools, but I say it like this. I said, there's a wise king that said, your gift will make room for you and bring you before great people. And the, the gift that I didn't even know I had brought me to this school today, and there's greatness in every one of you. They don't know who the wise king is. You can't be anything you want to be, but you can be what God gifted you to be. I think I heard Keith Moore say that. He said, it's a lie to tell somebody you can be anything you want to be. I promise you, there's a bunch of things you could try to make me do or get. It won't work. You put me in a room with no windows, not talking to anybody, counting money, I'll choke somebody. <laughs> the secretary comes in to check on me. I, I might hit her in the head or something, you know. That's just because I would be horrible. You know, they got these gifting things. I've seen it where I remember this one situation where it was a business. They had a receptionist and they had a person in the back that was a minute, whatever they did, you know, worked in the office, and they were miserable, both of them. And all they did was switch them. They had a non-people person as a uh, greeting people. That don't work. 
And they just and they said the, the business like turned around overnight when they made those switches. So I tell these kids, you can't be anything you want to be, but you can be what you're gifted to be. What's your gift? Find your place in the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. First uh, Timothy four fourteen says, "Do not neglect the gift that which is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership." Now that may not have happened to you, but at some point, if you get low, you walk in there and say, "We need nursery workers." I'll do nursery. Now you got to get checked out. You need to go through the. We uh, yesterday they did the 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 class. Sixteen people came to the class yesterday, the new members class. That's not the name of what's the name of. Vision partnership. I like that. I like that better than new members. Because we we're not just looking for members. We're looking for visionaries. Amen? We're all visionaries. Get a vision for your neighborhood. Get a vision for your job. Get a vision for your office. Get a vision for your school. Get a vision for your neighborhood. Get a vision for your community. We're, we're, we're advancing the kingdom. But I'm going to tell you something. I promise you, every, every event we do, when we were standing before those 378 people, I said... Everything I know and do in ministry, I learned in a local church. And I, and I believe it would affect your business. I'm just in ministry. But if you, I don't care what you do. you got a trucking business. You work at a, a nursing home. You work at a hospital. You work at a store. Every, you, you can take the giftings that are in here, and they'll advance you wherever you are. I, we got one of the, the, as far as I'm concerned, one of the finest teachers for several hundred miles right here in this place, Pastor Mark Brady. In fact, he's, he's, he's so good, other people are calling him to come be at their church. Amen? He's preaching somewhere this morning. So find your place. Find your gifting. And once again, it didn't start out. I remember uh, I, I, they asked me to do children's ministry. That, that didn't work out real well. But that's all right. I found out that wasn't it, you know. And then uh, find out what it is you're supposed to do. Uh, Stephen and Philip were waiting on tables. I mean, I ain't waiting on tables. Well, you won't ever do what Stephen and Philip did. Philip was an evangelist, and Stephen, you know, he, he, he got stoned to death. Nobody wants to get stoned to death. But I'm telling you, God used him mightily. Even in, uh, even in the act of getting stoned, I think. Did you know that the apostle Paul was there when Stephen got stoned? It says Paul was there. They laid the, they laid the stuff down at, at his feet. The apostle Paul was consenting to Stephen's death. He saw Stephen stand up. He saw the glory of God come on him. And those guys were gnashing their teeth. He saw something there. So, and I'm going to just tell you something. In Acts chapter, uh, I think it's in Acts chapter 4, when they prayed and it says the whole place was shaken. Remember when Peter and John got released and they said, don't speak the name of Jesus no more. And it says they went back to their own company. And it says, that they, oh, woe is me, God, what are we going to do? No, they rejoiced. It says they magnified God. It said they lifted up their voice in one accord. And it said, we, who the heathens did rage. Uh, they said, in the name of your holy child Jesus, the, the creator of heaven and earth, the one that made the earth, the land, and the sea, in the name of your holy child Jesus, stretch forth your hand. Take note of their violent attackings and all this stuff and confirm your word with signs and wonders following. Folks, that is why Paul fell off the horse on the road to Damascus. You can, tell, you can say what you want. Somebody say, oh, that was just a stroke of God, just, just doing something special. No, God could do nothing for mankind unless someone asked him. I believe that. You have not because you ask not. Somebody threatens you at your job, pray for them. Amen. Lord, confirm your word with signs and wonders following. They didn't moan and groan, woe is me, Peter, John. Why'd you pray for that man? Why'd you do this? We better not speak the name of Jesus anymore. We're in big trouble. We're all going to die. And I guarantee you, when, 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 when Saul, before he became Paul, when he saw that light that knocked him off that horse, I guarantee you, there wasn't no questions asked. He saw that same light shine on Stephen. Do you get what I'm saying? He said, oh, shoot, 
I was, I was thinking that was going to be a bad day for me. I knew something was up with that Stephen. That boy, I seen love on that boy. I, there was something about him. We were, we were stoning him, and he was praying for us. Forgive them. Don't hold this sin against What kind of fool would pray for people that are stoning him? And that light shone down. They didn't even have lighting systems that now. That's an LED light. Man, what is that? Folks, I guarantee you that same light that hit him when he fell off that horse. He, this Jesus, okay, what you need me to do? I need you to go here, way here, and you're going to be blind for a few Y'all, I'll, I'll do whatever you say. The light probably blinded him. Ding, wow. That was brighter than Stephen's light. Wow. Folks, he, Paul got a vision. He got a vision. We got, we got a roll. The last, uh, I want to say this about Stephen and Philip. It says they were chosen to serve and wait on tables so the apostles could study the Word of God and pray. Now, folks, I'm just going to tell you this because Pastor Mark ain't here today. He may not ever let me preach again. But if you see that man up here painting and sweeping and, and, and putting carpet down, you need to walk up and say, excuse me, sir, I'm not going to allow you to do that. Now, he'll tell you, I don't know what he'll tell you, but you try to take that from him, okay? Or go see Pastor Caleb and say, what? and Caleb don't need to be doing that. I, I've watched a man work, about, work himself in the dirt when we were here getting ready for this building. And I and listen. I ain't. I ain't. I'm not. It ain't beyond me. I'm gonna come take it out of his hand. I'll say, get back. I'm. I can do that. Or I'll go get somebody that knows more than me and show me how to do it. You know, Chase can show me how. There's some things Pastor Mark don't want me doing, but that's all right. I'll go find somebody that can do it. I'm a destructor, not a fixer. Amen. Am I? Can I say that? It's all right if I say that in van. We want. We want to. If you see Pastor Ashley doing something, you're not gonna do that again. I'm not letting you do that. I want them so refreshed when they get up here that he just blow it up. We, we need him to be all he can be here. I, we, need, we need him to go minister to other places. He's going to be called to minister to other places. That's all right. We got some wonderful men. I, folks, there's probably about 40 people that could come up here and preach just as good as me or anybody else. And, we, and that's going to be happening. Amen? Somebody say amen. Uh, Psalm 68.6 says, God sets the solitary in families. He sets the solitary in families. That just means sometimes, and, and listen, I got a wonderful family. I, got, I had a wonderful mother and father. They both went on home to be with Jesus. I've got uh, four wonderful brothers and a wonderful sister that love God. My wife has two wonderful sisters and a wonderful brother. But I'm going to just tell you something. I found out about my church family. Sometimes they're, they're, they'll be there quicker than you. And I, don't, I love my family. I'm just saying church family. I've seen it in operation of this church. We've been here uh, a year and a half now. We, 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 and, and I don't know, the Lord sent us here a year and a half ago, just, just out of the blue. The Lord said, we want you at this church. And we went and met with our pastor. We went and met with the leaders at our church and said, the Lord's telling us to be at this church. And they said, you need to go. And they, they, they prayed for us, and they said, we want you to preach before you leave. That's good, ain't, ain't it? Ain't that the way you're supposed to leave? They didn't kick me in the butt. They patted me on the back. Hallelujah. We still fellowship. Pastor Mark fellowships with my pastor. Uh, my daughter is a children's pastor at the church. But the Lord brought us here, and we're seeing what God's doing, and we just, I'm, I'm just excited. But I'm telling you, it's all, everybody's doing their part. 
We don't need the elbow trying to be the knee and the, the back trying to be the shoulder. We all need to find our part. It, and somebody said, now listen, I'm not trying to sign you up to work. I'm trying to sign you up to do whatever God's called you to do. You need to sign yourself up. Don't just walk in here late and leave early and, and expect God to do great things in your life. Get to know people. Find out people. Ask questions. What can I do? I noticed that this time. You know, you know, people used to say, Pastor, you need to fix that. No, you see something needs fixed, go Go fix it. Go ask somebody. How can we fix that? How much money is it going to cost to get that painted? What do we need to do about that? There's some wonderful people in this church that will do it, and we need it done, but let's, you know what I mean? Let's, let's all get involved. Uh, my wife's serving in the nursery. We just want to serve. We just want to serve. Finding your place. I, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, when we started Future Now, just in the youth ministry all these years, I was thinking about Jordan uh, Jordan Smith. He went off, and then we have one guy who went to work with Disney World. Uh, we got people We got people all over the world that learn stuff in the local church that are doing what they learned at local church as part of their life. Isn't that exciting? That's exciting. Hallelujah. I want the band to come. We're going to pray. I, I apologize. I went a little over. I just, I, 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 I've got it, it's all out, amen? I got it all out, hallelujah. And I, we want to pray. There may be some here, people here today that says, you know, the Lord had placed a vision in me many years ago, and I just, I kind of gave up on it. We put it on the back burner. Uh, you need to move it back up to the front, amen? I don't know if it was a business idea. Uh, you felt like you were supposed to buy some real estate. You were supposed to uh, go into a certain career that you never did. Uh, I heard this story. This uh, this young this man was in a business meeting. They were just at a restaurant, sitting in a booth, and a young lady walked up to the booth, and he just looked at her and he said, "You you like working here?" She goes, "No, I hate this job." He goes, "Well, what do you want to do?" She goes, well, "I want to be a nurse." He goes, "Well, why don't you go to nursing school?" She goes, "Oh, it's too late for that." He goes, "Why?" Well, I said, "I got two children, and one's in school, or or well, and then I've got a baby that she's in daycare, and I barely make the payments to daycare." And I just said, there's no way I could go to nursing school. And she looked at her and she goes, what about your mom? Your mom couldn't keep the baby. And the girl went, my mom's about to retire. She went and took a little five-minute break, went out in the alley, called her mom. And her mom said, I'd love to keep your baby while you go to nursing school. She came back in, grinning from ear to ear, whistling, I'm going to nursing school. Because some random stranger bumped into her at a restaurant. Folks, if a random stranger can spur vision, then think what God Almighty can. I, I don't care if all you know how to do is make chocolate chip cookies, man. We, we'll eat them if you'll bring them to the church. Amen. And, he, you know, there was a young lady that uh, started making cookies for the church. What was her name? Mrs. Fields. Anybody ever heard of Mrs. Fields? I'm sure glad she obeyed God and made cookies for the church because she's a multi-millionaire now. When you think of cookies, you think of Mrs. Fields. She done got old now. She's made a lot of money making cookies. She started out making cookies for the church. Just find out what your gift is. You know, I have a desire to have my own restaurant, but I could never do that. Well, you, listen, if God called you to do it, it's bigger than you. He's going to do it through you. Amen. I tell these kids all the time, I said, they said um, yeah, I want to open up a restaurant. Well, if you're fucking home ec, I ain't going to eat your restaurant. You better be making great, good grades in home ec. Amen. Hallelujah. It's just wisdom. Amen. And maybe I don't care what it is. It's just, and maybe you're going through a financial situation and you believe the Lord's told you to do something. And maybe it's just a lack of obedience. The Bible says in 
Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good. Sometimes we got people that are obedient, they just weren't real willing. Don't tell me you can't get willing in a hurry, amen? If I tell you, if somebody said, Matt, I need you to go get that vomit out of the boy's bathroom, he's going to obey. But I know, Matt, he's willing to do it. Ain't nobody else going to do it. I'm going to go get that. It's going to be cleaner than one day before they vomit. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's message. If there is any message that you have missed or you just want to hear again, they are all available for free on iTunes. Just search Anchor Faith Church Valdosta and be sure to subscribe. That way you'll be notified once the new messages are available. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our church and what we have available for you and your family, or if you'd like to donate financially to the ministry, be sure to visit our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.